Well, despite a little technical difficulty, uh, I think we finally just got live. Howie Cheney, do you have us online? Yeah, I'm good, man. I can hear you fine. All right. I finally figured it out. Coach Bell, Bell, can you hear us fine? I got you. All right. Everybody, welcome to an off the record. It's been a little bit hard to get it. Uh, we couldn't get all the, everybody's video lined up. My video is still not working correctly. But, Howie, we got a real special guest tonight, someone you knew a long time. And I was trying to tell Coach earlier, I'm so old, I called his high school games on WFPA. So I think I'm older than everybody. But introduce us to Coach if you can. Howie? Yeah, tonight we got a special a special guest with us tonight, uh, someone I've known for a long time, played ball against him. Our families have known each other for years and years. Uh, I think they came over on the Mayflower together. You know, um, that's how long we've known each other's families. But uh, we got Scottsboro head coach Jason Bell. Coach Bell, welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me. And Howie, the way you were explaining it now, you're, you're, you're putting us a lot older than we actually are. So we're still – we're still kind of young, but I do appreciate you guys having me on. Well, Coach, we're sorry about the technical difficulties, but you're always welcome here. We're we're really trying to grow something with that area of um, Northeast Alabama and the coaching fraternity. But let's start right there. That's where you've cut your you've cut your teeth in that area. I was telling you before you got on the air. Uh, my first radio job out of college is at WFPA in Fort Payne. And I called many of a county tournament up there at the old Civic Center, some that you played in, some that Howie played in. That's a great area to grow up and be involved in sports. It is. I think, you know, it's, it's really important to the people of every school on Sand Mountain. And I think the Sand Mountain tournament, is, as a matter of fact, is going on right now. And I'm sure the gym is packed at North Sand Mountain. But Basketball, football, baseball, and softball has, has really come along in the last few years. But people people in this area just love sports, and it is a, it's a great place to, to grow up. Coach, steal your thunder a little bit. You played for uh, kind of a religion at Plainview. Did Coach Mitchell try to is, – is that where you started wanting to be a coach, or when did you start wanting to coach? Well, he was probably the biggest, one of the biggest influences, if not the biggest influence on me wanting to be a coach. Uh, just the way he, I just watched him from the time that I came into the program, even as a seventh grader, just watched how he handled himself and how he handled his business and how he handled the program. And I just, I just saw the impact that he had on not just me, but just tons, you know, hundreds of young, of young men and women, but just how he went about just meticulously uh, planning practices and how he scouted. And I just thought, you know, I'd always love sports, basketball in particular. And I just thought that's something that I would really love to do uh, as I got older. And, and he certainly was, like I said, probably the biggest influence on my, on me wanting to be a coach. And I'm, uh, you know, forever indebted to him for uh, just kind of showing me the way. I will tell you the greatest post game interview in my career is Coach Mitchell, win or lose, he was going 100% tell you how the game went. So, oh, well, that's true. I mean, we, we, heard, we heard a lot of that in the locker room at halftime and after the games. And it, 
and he would straight he would shoot straight with us and uh you know whether we were winning or losing he didn't he didn't care to tell us what was on his mind and i think that that's why one reason he was so well respected is because he didn't sugarcoat it he told it like it was and and, and that's how you got to be I mean, everybody can see through if you just if you just blowing smoke everybody knows it but uh, he would he would shoot you straight and is well respected and regarded for that howie uh, i'll let you pick up there now you two played against each other in high school, I believe, if, if my timing is right. Yeah, we did. Uh, he was, uh, Jason was a year or two younger than I am, but uh, he was one of those super athletes that basically came along, and if I ain't mistaken, he was up on the varsity at the eighth or ninth grade. Uh, how bad off am I, Jason? Well, we did play against, I graduated in 94, so we, we had some, we battled, and uh, I was on the varsity in the 10th grade, and, you know, us in Sylvania, we had uh, obviously a big rival back then, um, and it, it was always uh, a, a tough game, nip and tuck, and they were always up for us, we were always up for them, and, you know, I mean, it was it was, it was was a battle. Coach, um, I know, you know, uh, you know, like I said, you know, I wasn't dating us being older than what we really are, but, uh, you know, our families have known each other for years. Uh, being from the uh, kind of the Blake community over there uh, with uh, some of your kin folks and my kin folks. And even till today, my Uncle Jim will go to a lot of the games with your dad to watch you coach. That's right. I just, uh, he, they actually came uh, probably just a couple of weeks back to watch us. And Jimmy Ray and my dad, they, they were high school friends. And so they've been going to ball games together for goodness probably 50 50 or 60 years together and, um, and just kind of what we were talking about at the first when we first come on air about just the area in general being sports just sports nuts and and those two guys certainly fit the bill if, if they're at a game they're sitting side by side and if they're at the coliseum they're sitting on the top steps when you first go in on the Plainview home side hey from from 1981 until about 2012, I think my dad probably didn't miss very – you can probably count the games he missed on one hand. And he and Jimmy Ray were always sitting on that top step. And, you know, don't tell them how many people I run into will say, you know, I, I, every time I go into Civic Center, I'll look up there to see if your dad's still sitting on that top step. But, you know, he uh, he's getting older now, and uh, he don't get to get out as much as he used to. But when he does, uh, Jimmy Ray is usually with him. Coach, um, that is uh, that's great stories. It's it's amazing. Sports, you, you you make friends, you make family. It almost becomes, um, it almost comes a second family. But let's talk a little bit about as you went away, as you graduated high school, you started. You, when did teaching become? I mean, did do you, are you a coach that wanted to be a teacher, or a teacher that wanted to be a coach? Well. I was a pretty good student in high school, and I, you know, I took my studies seriously, and I loved biology. And I, I got to thinking, as I was probably seventh, eighth, ninth grade, what could I do to, to keep biology in my life as well as sports? And it was either I was either going to be a dentist or I was going to be a coach. And I guess I, I chased the the love of sports rather than money. I guess you could say, but. Uh, 
really, I just, you know, I, I teach anatomy still, and uh, I just love that. I love being around kids. Uh, I think they help keep me feeling young. I don't know about whether I, you know, keeping me young, but, but they do keep me feeling young. And just, uh, just always wanted to coach basketball, and that was just something that kind of worked out. It's awesome. And I don't know about you, but I can't imagine keeping my hands in other people's mouth all day. So. I think that's I think that's a win, Coach. But I think so. When you first graduated college, one of your first jobs was at Fort Payne, just across the river, just across the mountain, and Scottsboro's biggest rivalry. Rival. Does that bring a unique perspective to you that you've set on both of those benches? Well, I mean, I just tell the people at Scottsboro when we play Fort Payne in any sport and I, the top cat trophies always brought up or being the top cat but I just tell the people that the people at Fort Payne are just like the people at Scottsboro I mean they're good as gold and Amen. I certainly I spent four years at Fort Payne and, and I wouldn't trade that for anything uh, I, I would honestly I could have I could see myself having taught there for 30 years but I did get married after after four years and moved to Tuscaloosa and uh but those the, the friendships that I made at Fort Payne, I still talk to those people and stay in touch with them and, and thank the world of, of, of all of them. They were they were good to me, great to me, and it was uh it was four four great years of, in my career. That is a that is a wonderful perspective. Then you moved to Tuscaloosa. Now being a Tennessee graduate, that was the first move I ever made. After graduating the University of Tennessee, I moved to Northport. I wasn't the most popular person down there. <laughs> So I'm going to think it was a little better for you. Well, not really, because I'm a Georgia fan. and uh, There you go. I wore my Georgia stuff proudly for the five years I was there. But uh, in all honesty, when I moved there, uh, my plan was to, to try to find an assistance job. I knew I was only going to be there for five years because my wife had five years more to go in her schooling, and, and she had kind of already had a job lined up back, back home. So I knew I was going to be there for five years. So I took a job at a school that had just, uh, it, was, it was brand new, Northridge High School, had just opened. They had uh, split Central High School into three different schools, Central, Northridge, and Paul Bryant. And I was fortunate enough to get hired on as the JV coach and uh, varsity assistant at Northridge. And then after two years, the coach left. He and his wife moved to Pennsylvania. And she had gotten a, a really good job. And so I, then I was fortunate enough to have his endorsement and then uh, I got the, the head coaching job there for three years before we moved back and it just uh, it, again just like Fort Payne it was a great it was a great five years I think tremendous experience I learned uh, a lot not just about X's and O's but how to handle people how to deal with people and uh, and it was uh, just a, a tremendous learning experience for me. That's a awful big time environment for your first uh, coaching job. I think that's a six A school or a five A school. Uh, was that was that a little intimidating early on? Well, it it wasn't because I'd already, I had been an assistant there for two years and I had really gotten close to those kids and it was a lot of the same ones that I had coached on JV and we had a lot of success. So when I got the head coaching job, I was still in my twenties and uh, and I knew it was a six A school. And which and that was before there were seven classifications. So it was one of the biggest schools in the state. And I, you know, I, I took a lot of. Uh, I, first of all, I was honored and privileged to have 
been chosen to be the head coach, the second head coach in the history of the, of the school. And so quickly after the school had uh, had started, but you know, we just we went into it. I had young assistants, and we we knew what we were getting into, and we just we worked our tails off, and our kids just bought into what we were trying to get them to do, and and uh, it was just an awesome experience. It's, you know, our first team, I think we won six games and beat the same team three times. So, but from there, over the course of those three years, we we. We added seven wins every year. We went from six wins to thirteen wins to twenty to twenty wins our last year there, and and just felt like we were we were doing it the right way through hard work. Had great kids and, and kind of started building the program, and uh, just uh, just just great memories. And I know it had to be hard for you to uh, leave Northridge, but home called for you and it was time for you to come back to play you how, how was that experience and how did it feel be able to come back and be an alumni and be the head coach well i mean you know it was it was great um, like i said i knew i was only going to be in tuscaloosa for five years and about year four or five i was starting to kind of look around and see what what might be open and you know things things happen one way or the other, one reason or another, things happened, and I was, I, I was fortunate enough to get the head coach's job to claim you. And when I got it, you know, to be honest, I, I didn't see myself ever leaving there. I, I thought I would be there for 20, 25, even 30 years. And, uh, you know, we went in there and great kids, and, you know, we worked our tails off. It didn't work out on the basketball side, but as far as, as, far as teaching, I couldn't have couldn't have asked for a better place to be for five years. Uh, again, reconnected with, with some old friends, made some new friends, got to teach some kids of classmates and you know people that I had known my entire life. And, you know, so but from the basketball standpoint, we didn't we weren't able to, to get the program turned around in the, in the direction that I was hoping it would. And and after five years, I just felt like that uh, you know it would be best for me to step aside and let somebody else. In there, and which that's when Coach Robbie Coker got hired, and, and it goes without saying that he has done a tremendous job of getting the program not only turned around, but it's one of the most respected programs in the state. Of, and I'm I couldn't be any prouder of him or those kids, and uh, just uh, I root for him, root for him still today. You know, you're talking about rooting for him and all that. That's great. Let's let's go back to that for a second and. You had, there was a quote. Let me read this quote and see if you had anything to do with this. 32 minutes of bail. Does that ring a, does that uh, bring back any memories? Well, I'll tell you, a kid from Northridge came up with that. And they were trying to ke- uh, come up with a slogan for T-shirts in the student section when I was there. And he came up with that and it just kind of stuck and and uh, and followed me, I guess, to there and uh I thought it was kind of a kind of catchy. Obviously, it's like you saw the Arkansas Razorback scene uh, from the, I guess, early '90s, mid '90s when Nolan Richardson was there. But, but a kid from Northridge actually coined that. Well, say, I, I didn't know that. I remember seeing all the shirts from Plainview saying "32 minutes of bail," and I thought uh, Plainview had came up with that. So, uh, but hey, it, <laughs> it was catchy. I liked it. It was. It was catchy. It just kind of. I don't know. We just kind of burned out. We never did really get 32 minutes of of it going, and that's uh, you know one of my biggest regrets professionally is that I couldn't get it going like everybody wanted it to. You know, like I wanted it to, like the community did, and uh, 
So I, I felt, you know, that being my my alma mater, my home school, I just, you know, I felt like I, I let a lot of folks down. But it, it was uh, definitely a learning experience. I think it's made me made me a better coach now to having gone through that, I, you know. And, uh, even though we didn't win a whole lot of games, I, you know, I had tremendous support there. And, uh, you know, it was, it was five years that I was trade. Coach, um, do you think, and I, I'm a big, I, I still cover a, a, in Tennessee a 3A school, and I've always been involved in 1A, 2A, 3A schools. Do you think it's a different set of challenge trying to build a 3A team than a team that's maybe a 5 or 6A just because you have so many more bodies? Or is it is it the same no matter the size of the school? Well, I think in football, it, it, it's a big difference. But I, it, to me, in basketball, and, and I tell this to our kids all the time when we're playing smaller schools, you can't overlook anybody. In basketball, it's five on five. And the biggest difference is in a, to me in a bigger school and a smaller school is a, a, a larger school might be a little deeper on the bench. But you can look at the NCAA tournament. There's upsets every year. You know, a, a 12 seed always beats a five seed. And lately, 15s are beating twos. 16 ones, and so you really can't go by the size of the school. I think it's basketball is basketball, and you know, whether you're at a 7A or a 1A, I mean, it's it's, it's the same thing, same principle. You just might not have quite as many on your bench that can really give you good minutes at a smaller school, but and again, that's not always the case there, coach. Uh, and we'll get to Scottsboro here in just a minute, but in your growth after your playing beer experience, you chose to go back to an assistant job. Do you think that was, after you had success as a head coach, you had a struggle as a head coach, then going back to the assistant level, was that a time that you could uniquely evaluate what you did as a head coach? Oh, certainly. I mean, you know, I've tried to, every coach that I've worked for, from Anthony Reed at Fort Payne to Randall Leaf at Northridge to Kenny Hill at Scottsboro, I've tried to learn, absorb, and just uh, – you know, just pick their brains and see how they did stuff. And certainly, I was an assistant for seven years at Scottsboro. And honestly, I never thought that I wanted to be a head coach again. But those seven years were some of the best years of my professional career because as an assistant, in Coach Hill, Coach Kenny Hill, um, he was awesome to work with, to work for. He let me coach. But I didn't have to take it home. I didn't have to deal with any of the headaches that sometimes can come along with being a head coach. So for seven years, I just really got to focus on the basketball side of it, not fundraising, not not the, the paperwork, not dealing with parents, not dealing with issues. So it was a great seven years. And seven years that I did get to spend and really evaluate how I did stuff, why I did stuff, and, you know, and just watch and see how Coach Hill handled certain situations. So it was it was a great seven years for me to just sit back and, and try to really reflect and, and try to improve professionally. When that job did come open at Scottsboro after seven years of sitting on the bench, was it an instant, I, I want this job, or was it, I need to go home, need to think about this, need to talk to the wife, need to, did you, did you check all the boxes before you said, yeah, I want to be a head coach again? Definitely. Uh, there was a lot of discussion. And, and, and no, to answer your first question, it was not an instant thing. A lot of people don't know this, but I had actually resigned 
from being a from my assistant coaching spot about a month before Coach Hill resigned to take the girls' job at Gunnersville. So, and, and the reason for that, to make a long story short, my wife had spent our entire marriage and even when we were dating supporting me, supporting me, supporting me. And she had recently bought another business, and she was about to build a building and put two businesses under one roof. And, I, and we've got two, two kids, one's a first grader, one's a seventh grader. And I just felt like it was time for me to kind of step aside and, and support her and be there for her so that she could really lessen the stress that she was about to go through. And so I had no uh, – really, I was at peace with the decision once I resigned to get to step away from basketball, maybe just coach my kids in rec leagues. And I was at peace with that. And uh, it was really Mandy, my wife, who one night said, look, she said, I'm, I've always felt like and thought that this is where you were going to end up. She said, I just think it's where God wants you. And once she told me that, it was then I started to, you know, pursue the job and it, and it worked out. And I, and I did. I had a lot of support, a lot of people pulling for me and it's uh so far it seems to have worked out and you know it's certainly god's timing and god's plan well listening to your story in my head the first thing i said well that was a god plan but uh that is that's amazing coach that's that's a great story thank you for sharing that how yes, you got to follow up to that yeah you take over for scott burn coach hill he he resigns and moves on he had a, a good run there at scott's but you know, kind of went down just a hair or two, you know, before he left. But uh, you come in, you take over the team, I think it was last year, and a lot of people didn't have a – outside of your team, didn't have a lot of expectations, but yet you proved them all wrong. Well, you know, for seven years, we had been – Coach Hill, to back up, Coach Hill really made Scottsboro basketball relevant again. He came in, he did a, a great job, um, you know, and to be his assistant there, you know, I got to know the kids, the kids got to know me, I think they trusted, we trusted them, and we just had an, an exceptional group last year. We had seven seniors, and when I did get hired, I mean, they bought in from day one on the changes that we were going to make, we were going to, you know, try to play a little more up-tempo, press more, and uh, they bought into it, and, and everything just kind of worked out. It was almost like a perfect storm for us. Uh, we caught a lot of teams off guard, obviously. They, you know, I don't know how many people from Scottsboro really expected the run we made last year. I mean, we certainly, that was a goal, and that's certainly something that we worked every day in practice to do. But, you know, to say before the year that we knew that we saw ourselves going to Birmingham, I don't think anybody could really honestly say that, but it was a perfect storm, and you know, and when you've got good kids that buy in, and, and the biggest thing is they play so hard. And that's the, the probably the, the most compliments that we have received over the last two years is how hard our kids play. And that's nothing to do with me. That's nothing to do with coaching. That's just those kids, you know, doing everything they can to try to win. And, and it makes it it makes it makes easy to coach kids like that. You know, I, you, I saw you the other night at the game, uh, five Scots per game, and <clears throat> I came up to you before the game, and I, Jokingly said you had more assistance than Kirby Smart. Um, you know, give a little recognition to those assistants that uh, are helping you out now because you said that in the past you didn't have any assistance, so this has been a big blessing for you. Well, you know, in the past, 
at, at Plainview, my assistants were all volunteers, and, and they were great. And you know, but just certain times, you know, they they had other jobs outside the school, so they they were there when they could be. And you know, and, and those guys were great. They they really were. I you know I I am thankful, grateful, and indebted to those guys for just wanting to, for wanting to help after their regular jobs, you know, were over. But at Scottsboro, uh, we've got, uh, you know, Tristan Sexton is a volunteer assistant. He works on the Arsenal in Huntsville, and he coaches our freshman team. Tavares Tolliver played there. He, he actually was a junior at, when we first got to Scottsboro. He's, he played four years of college basketball. He coaches our JV team, Derek Borum, who is a Scottsboro graduate. He's my assistant, varsity assistant. And Caleb, Caleb Haynes, who was a section graduate who spent some time at, at Sylvania with his, when his dad was there, uh, he coaches uh, – last year he kind of just volunteered to help out with the varsity. This year he took over our seventh grade program and did a good job. But those guys are tremendous. They're Not only are they knowledgeable about the game, and each one of them brings a, just a specific and unique just set of skills to practice. And uh, they're awesome. Uh, they, they care about it. They're invested in it, and you can tell. And we try to push our kids. We try to have fun. And I've always said, when I'm the when I'm the calm one, then you know we're having a good time. And, and you know, in the course of a game, we can get we try to have fun. But I don't think I've ever been the calm one on a coaching staff. I'm usually the, the loudest one or the most boisterous or whatever you want to say. But Sometimes I have to settle our assistant coaches down when things get going, but I wouldn't have it any other way, and I am very fortunate to have these guys uh, as assistants. Coach, does, does your assistants, do you, did, on game day, does each assistant have an area that he's responsible for? Um, subs, minutes, defense, offense, or, or, or is everybody looking with the same set of eyes? Well, we all look at different things, and it's not specifically laid out, but it's just kind of like Coach Borum really focuses on the defensive end. Uh, Coach Tolliver, Coach Haynes really pay attention to who's taking shots and where they're getting them from. And then uh, Coach Sexton is kind of looking at who's rebounding, who's in rebounding position. And, and, and those guys just, again, they're knowledgeable on basketball. They understand what we're trying to do. And, you know, I bounce ideas off them all the time. And I know they get tired of me asking them questions through the game. Do you want to do this, do this, do this? But, I, you know, I appreciate guys that, you know, and every once in a while I'll, I'll send them a text and say, look, you guys need to tell me what I need to do differently. Because, you know, I'm trying to every year, every, after every game, day to day, I'm trying to evaluate and try to get better. And they give me really good feedback and they're honest with me and, and you know, I appreciate that more than those guys will ever know. That's awesome, um, Coach. Let's 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 talk about those seven seniors last year before we get into this year's team. That was a that was kind of a magical run y'all went on to the semifinals, losing this. I believe you lost to Spanish Fort in the uh, semis. Beat Clay Charville, Clay Charville in the quarters. Uh, what a run and. And, and you've got to have great senior leadership to make that kind of run. Well, we did. And the biggest thing I can say about those seniors, and this is, to me, the success we had last year was awesome, unforgettable, just awesome. But to me, above all, 
what they did on the basketball court. All seven of them received some type of scholarship to, to a college. And that just tells you what kind of people they were, what kind of students they were, and really what kind of leaders they were. We, we have one that's at the Naval Academy, and that's uh, to get appointed you know, to any of the service academies is a tremendous honor. He, uh, he, he got accepted into the uh, to West Point for Army, but he chose to go to the Naval Academy in, in Annapolis, Maryland. We've got uh, three guys, I think, at Auburn getting on scholarship. We've got a couple of guys at JSU, and then we got one guy at Northeast. So those those seven seniors, I mean, it's uh, it was fun coaching them. It was fun uh, just to being around those guys and seeing how hard they work and how just trusting they were, how unselfish they were. And, and you know, our kids on this year's team saw that. And, uh, you know, so there's not a selfish – a selfish bone in any of our players' body, and, and I credit that to the seven seniors from last year. So, Coach, that brings us to this year. Let's start. What was your expectations coming off a great year last year, headed to this year? And, and it's a different environment. You know, last year we had a lot of still – I mean, we got COVID issues still, but last year – we were playing in empty gyms practically at one point. What was the expectation, and and how how did you translate that senior class into your rest of your teams? Well, to be honest with you, three we had seven seniors. Three of them started, and then we another one was our sixth man. So four of those guys played a lot of minutes and filled a lot of roles for us. And so you know, going we. June is a big month for, for high school basketball. Obviously, there's a lot of play dates, and people have – now you can pretty much play as much as you want to in any three weeks during June. So we try to play as – going into that, on paper, it looked like this year would be a rebuilding year for us. We had the – we lost our leading scorer. We lost our leading rebounder. We lost the, our point guard who handled the ball, who was a, a one-man press break by himself. So it, on paper, it looked like a rebuilding year. But once we got into the summer and started playing in June, we played really well. And uh, we shot the ball well. And, and I started talking to my assistants like, you know, people are thinking this is going to be a rebuilding year. But the way we played in June, it does not have it doesn't have to be a rebuilding year. So, you know, I don't know if that really changed our approach or anything like that. But it let me know these guys can play, again, a really good summer. We beat some bigger schools. We beat some teams that – Really, before June, I, you know, I wouldn't, have, I didn't know if we could compete with. But you know, I think that gave everybody confidence in going into it, and we've gotten off to a, a good start. Uh, the last couple of weeks, the flu has hit us, but I think every school in North Alabama can say that the flu has, has hit them. Uh, but uh, we've gotten off to a good start. We can just keep the momentum going into the second half of the year and, and on into the area tournament. I, I feel like we've got a shot. You're coming off of the uh, Cherokee County, uh, I guess, Christmas Classic. I don't know exact terminology. And every score that I saw, I think you won the tournament, didn't you? Well, it wasn't really a – it wasn't a bracket tournament. I think COVID last year and this year has gotten a lot of schools away from just doing brackets. Cause it's, just, it's like a predetermined schedule. It's not really a round robin because there's more teams in it than you could possibly play. We did go 3-0. and uh, we beat Cherokee County, Spring Garden, and Sand Rock, and which three quality opponents. Uh, 
but you know, just going over there and playing teams that we don't normally see, don't normally play, I think was good for us to get away from our little area. But uh, you know, it was uh, hopefully again going three and zero in that tournament will hopefully spark us and give us some momentum and confidence needed to as we head into the second half of the season and the second part of area play. Yeah, area plays coming up. You know, uh, like I said, after Christmas, the uh, you know first of the year. That's when the area tournament really or the area schedule kicks in, and you know that's the uh, that's when the season kind of really starts. To me, the first part before Christmas is kind of like a preseason type deal. But now your schedule, this is when to me the season starts. Well, that's right. Well, the way our schedule is, we uh, we've already played three area games, and we uh we were able to win both of them at home against Arab and Fort Payne, and uh, we go over to Buckhorn, and we we're up by fourteen in the middle of the fourth quarter, and uh, we just kind of let it slip away, and that that one still hurts. It's still hard to kind of swallow that. We end up losing by one. Um, so we're two and one in the area, and you know. I, we were two and one in the area through three games last year, so we can uh, we understand how important it is to, to go and, and attack these other last three area games once they start back. And you know we're going to have to go steal a couple on the road and, and hope we can get Buckhorn at home. And, and you know if if we can't get help, we got to hope for a coin flip to go our way. And but the good thing about basketball is that area tournament is an equalizer, and it doesn't matter if you're thirty and zero or zero and thirty. All you got to do is win that first. First night of the area tournament, and you're still playing, and everybody else that loses is going home. Coach, I, I did look at your schedule, and I saw that both years you had played Buckhorn very early in the year. And uh, is that by design? Does that, I mean, because Buckhorn traditionally pretty good basketball school to play that early in the year. You got to know what you got after you go over to Buckhorn early in the year. That's right. And I don't know if it's by design or just by out of necessity. I mean, we got we got to get the team scheduled, and that's just kind of how it fell. And we, we've played Buckhorn. We played them three times last year and one time this year. And if I'm not mistaken, all four games have been decided by a total of five points. Yeah. So I, it's a, it's a one-point game here, one-point game there. And, and, it's, uh, and they're good. They're good. They had a great coach last year, a Hall of Fame coach. They've got another Hall of Fame coach that replaced him this year. So it's a – you know, it, it's a tough place to play and, and a tough group to play against. Well, I'm going to ask a question that myself I want to know about. Nobody else probably cares about, but I, I'm curious about. Do you have any pregame rituals that you go through? Well, not really necessarily pregame rituals. I, I am. Now, I'm a former baseball player, so baseball players tend to be superstitious. So I do have my superstitions. I want stuff done uh, roughly at the same time before every game. Like, I want our kids to go to the locker room. And as soon as halftime of the girls' game ends, I want them to be dressed when the fourth quarter starts so that when I get in there, I can talk to them and, 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 and ready to go. I don't, I don't want to wait on them. So from that standpoint, that's really – that's really all. I mean, there's nothing that I try to do myself as far as any pregame ritual, but uh, just the same kind of, I guess you could say the schedule. It's following a set schedule, and I don't really like it to, to ever be off. That's, uh, uh, then, 
my, my follow-up question would be, you probably do have a superstitious thing that you do before, you're just not going to let us know what it is. Hey, Howie, could you repeat that, please? I said my follow-up question is, you really do have a superstition or something that you do, but you just don't want us to know what it is. <laughs> no, I mean, I, if I did, I, I promise you I'd tell you, but I'm just, uh, you know, just, I, I like, I'm kind of set my ways. I like just to follow a set schedule, and, and not even in basketball. I, I'm just like that. I like to get in a routine, and if my routine ever gets thrown off, it kind of throws me for a loop, and it takes me a while to, to, to readjust, so just to, just kind of following the same routine. Coach, in the last few minutes, um, and, and we'll get you out of here, appreciate your time, and let's talk about some of the kids on this year's team, and I always start, and I always want to ask this question. Who is the most improved player to this point on your team? Well, honestly, you could, you could see a different player every night. I mean, the other night, in our last game in that Cherokee Invitational, we were we had several out with uh, an injury, flu, so we we played three JV kids a lot, and, and you know those guys, which we practice together, they do the same thing we do, uh, and that, those guys stepped in and, and played. Uh, all three of them scored points for us, and so it's a uh, our kids to, to choose one that's the most improved. I mean, would be almost impossible, and I'm not just saying that. Uh, to, to keep from singling one out, but they really have. They've all improved, you know, in one way or the other. That's a that's a great answer, Coach. And also, do you um, how do you how do you link all the programs together? I know you have control of the junior varsity program, um, but does the junior high coach and you work together to start some kind of? Um, uh, a process where the kids, when they get to high school, kind of know what what's going to happen, or have you reached that point yet? No, we certainly do that. Um, I, you know, there's certain things that I that I want them to do, and outside of those things, I want them to have freedom to kind of coach how they want to. I, you know, my hope is that all of those guys want to be head coaches one day. And you know, I was fortunate enough to when I started out in junior high that the, the varsity coach Anthony Reed allowed me to have freedom to do kind of how I wanted to do it, and I think you learn a lot like that, and, you know, you got to let each coach kind of coach to his personality, and, but there are, there are certain things in the seventh grade that I, that I want them to be able to do, and then it's a progression once they get in the eighth grade, there's uh, certain other things I want them to do, and then once they get in the ninth grade, they pretty much can fit right in, just like, you know, with us having to pull three JV kids up to play in a varsity game, and it wasn't a big deal to them. They practice with us. They, they understand. They might not do quite as much as we do, but, you know, we, we know what they know, and we can kind of adjust to the personnel that we have in the game. But it's certainly a progression once they get in seventh grade to uh, as they, you know, as they move on up through the program. And by the time they get to us, you know, we hopefully all we have to do is kind of fine-tune some stuff. Coach, I follow you on social media. We're friends on Facebook, like I said. You know, we've been friends for years and everything. And I see a lot of posts on there about you and your team getting together and doing different things together. That To me, that's huge. Uh, to me, it feels like a lot of coaches don't do that enough. Could you uh, tell us a little bit of detail on how you came about doing this stuff? Well, 
to me, I just think it's important for the for those players to understand that that I care about them, regardless of basketball. You know, I want those guys to be successful, and not not only me, but our whole coaching staff. That you know, we're invested in these kids, whether they're winning twenty five or losing twenty five. We want them to be successful. We want them to know that we love them, and uh, we want to be able to help them in any in any avenue that they try to pursue in any any way we can. And I think they know that, but. I think it's just good, you know, anytime we can get together away from basketball because obviously, you know, you played and when you're at practice, the coach is coaching. But away from it, you know, you kind of get to know the coach a little bit more. It's a little bit more personal. Uh, and the same way with the players. We get to know the players on a whole different level when we're not in practice. And I just think that's important. Uh, I always tell, even students in my class, I always tell them, if you sit in, here in my class for 18 weeks and all I know about you is your name that I have failed you so we just try to get to know the kids let them get to know us and I just think that's important to you know is to build the trust that's huge we need more coach bells out there that cares about the kids on a personal level instead of just being hey what can you do for me to help my sports program win well I think there's a lot of a lot of guys out there that that are, that are like that, I think, more now than, than ever. And, it, you know, it's, uh, it's just important to me that the kids understand that I'm not uh, I'm not going to try to win games at their expense and, and for, you know, to cut corners, to cheat or whatever like that. I mean, we're going to win some, we're going to learn some, but we're going to do it the right way and we're going to love the kids no matter what. Coach, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask about the second set of assistants, which is the closest set of assistants. Any successful coach has got to have a good home, good family, good kids. What part does your family play in your coaching success? Oh, 100% of anything that I have success at is, uh, is, is my family. I told you earlier that, you know, uh, when the job came open, I had no you know, it wasn't immediate that, like, oh, yeah, I want it. I'm going to go after it. Until my wife told me that she thought that she felt like that's where the, the good Lord wanted us. And she felt like that that's where I needed to be. I mean, she's uh, she's very supportive. And uh, I couldn't ask for a better wife as far as that. You know, being a coach's wife is, is a tough job. Amen. And, and that's like her fifth job. She works a lot harder than I do. And, you know, and I see how hard she works. And it's easy for me to go and uh and work and my kids are awesome they're right there at every game and uh my littlest one my he's in the first grade fan he sits on the bench with us or right beside the bench if there's not enough chairs and i think honestly he's probably smarter than i am he'll we'll have adult conversations about the game after it's over he'll tell me what what i should have done differently he'll tell me what plays we should have called and i mean he's 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 smart and my seventh grade son he's right there and he loves it you know, uh, but, you know, they're, I have an awesome support system for sure. And, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky in that regard because they, all three of them support me 100%. Well, how old do you think Finn will be before he gets the head coaching job at Georgia? <laughs> hey, I don't know. He could probably be the head coach at Scottsboro at seven years old right now. But I don't know. Right now he's really into it, and I hope that doesn't change. And he's uh, – he loves it. He loves the kids on our team. He, uh, we were in the laundry room today, and every time I pull a jersey out of the dryer, he'd tell me who's the quad. So he knows those kids. 
uh, like the back of his hand, and, and they love him too. And uh, you know, just give you an example of what how, what kind of kids we have. Uh, Saturday morning, Finn had a game at uh, a rec game, and my players, a lot of my players, came and watched him. And that's after a, a late Friday night game. They showed up to to support him, and you know that that made Finn's day, and it it certainly made an impact on on my wife and, and myself. We just got you know great kids to to show up on a Saturday morning to to watch the coach's son play. That's awesome. You, you kind of took the question right out of my mouth because I was going to ask you about that. I saw the picture on Facebook where he was surrounded by all your players and all that. So I'll move on to my next question or comment. And your wife, you said she's got businesses and all that. Would you like to plug them, put them over, just to you know, get some recognition out there for that? Absolutely. She owns uh, Riverbend Family Medicine in Scottsboro. And then uh, the business that she – I, it's been three years now, so I don't re- really guess it's recent, but is as an aesthetics business, Bell Aesthetics in Scottsboro. So uh, this time of year, it'd be a great uh, a great plug for her, I guess. Uh, you know, uh, all the guys that if you're in the last second Christmas gifts, uh, you get in touch and we can get some gift certificates set up. But uh, she works hard. She does a great job in both of her businesses. And then, uh, like I said, support not only me, but our entire team. She loves those kids just as much as I do and just as much as we love her all. Again, uh, blessed to have her. Coach, um, uh, Howie, I'll let you take the last round of questions. This is my last question for the night. First off, thank you for the time. I appreciate the time. Anything we can do, is there anything going on at the school now that you want to – we we fundraising now or are we out of season for fundraising well, you know, we really have it is on the basketball side of it. We really have one major fundraiser a year, and it's in October, where we sell uh, tickets to win ten thousand dollars. And really, when we do a good job at that, that really sustains us for the for the entire season. But I will mention this: we are hosting a tournament Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. The Don Webb Classic. This is the third annual Don Webb Classic. And the games will start at 1 o'clock, and there'll be a one freshman game, two JV games, and two varsity boys games uh, every day, Monday through Wednesday of next week. Wow, that, that wow. after being cooped up with you, everybody, and listening to Christmas toys all day, uh, that might be some fun to get out and watch a little high school basketball for sure. Uh, I, absolutely. So, you know, I know there's other tournaments around, but, uh, you know, if you're around the Scottsboro area, area, come out. Support the wild. Okay, go ahead and tell us. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but go ahead and tell us who's going to be playing in that tournament. Well, on the varsity side, we have four teams at Scottsboro, East Limestone, DAR, and Cleveland High School. So we're, we're just going to kind of do a round robin. Uh, and then on the JV side, it's uh, Scottsboro, East Limestone, Madison Academy, and. The fourth team is escaping me right now. I apologize. And on the freshman side, we, we only have three freshman teams. So it's North Jackson, Madison County, and uh, Scottsboro. The other JV team is Madison Academy. That's the one I don't think I said earlier. Yeah. Well, um, you're, you know, you're 6A right now. You're going back to 5A next year. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think it'll – I think it'll be a good move for our not just basketball, but our entire athletic uh, 
our teams. Every team we have, boys side, girls side. I mean, we we really don't have six A athletes, and I think you know I think it'll help us to be to go back to five A, which I think is where we probably should should have been the whole time. But and I, and I don't mean that as a slide to anybody. I don't mean to make it sound like it's going to be easy because there's as many good five A teams as there are six A teams, and whether it's baseball or basketball or softball or soccer, we're going to have to you know we got to be prepared and bring and, and bring it every night to, to compete no matter what classification we're in. Coach, sometimes it's hard to figure out those classifications until they release them. I try. I, I sat here the other night and tried to figure out Tennessee's new classifications, and I got about half the schools wrong anyway. So that's a well, tough one. It is, and even after they release them, I've noticed in the paper the last couple of days they've moved a couple of the private schools up and down again. So I don't. I still don't. I don't. I, I don't trust that they're set right now. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Well, Coach, you can't see me, but I'm getting up in my chair. I'm getting ready to ask the question of the night. I want a prediction for the Georgia-Michigan game coming up New Year's Eve. Hey, I just hope Georgia wins by one point. That's it. I'm not going to make a prediction. But I just hope if Georgia's focused and shows up, I think that they'll win. And hopefully, I guess, I don't know if I should should – Want this or hope for it or not, but uh, another uh, rematch with Alabama for the for the national championship. We shall see. Coach, we've uh, we got another show on Wednesday night with me and a bunch of guys, and we call it ridiculous speculation because we do a lot of that. And I think we've had more talk about that Georgia Michigan game. It really, I think everybody feels the same way. Georgia are to win, but Michigan, you just they're on such a run, and there's some. There's some uh, truth to a team that just is on a run that forgets how to lose and just wins. You're exactly right. It doesn't matter what level or what sport it is. Momentum is a, is a dangerous thing, and certainly Michigan has it. But, you know, if you look at it, who's supposed to win or who should win on paper, then Georgia would be the SEC champions and undefeated. But uh, Alabama showed up and played as well as they've played all year. And you got to show up. I mean, it doesn't matter what you got on paper. You got to show up. You got to get it done on the field. So hopefully the dogs bounce back. Well, hey, could that be a motivation for your team just to bring that game up, saying, "Hey guys, if you don't show up and play, this is what could happen." Absolutely. Anything you can use like that for motivation is a is a good tool to have. Never thought of that, but that no matter the sport, that really was an example of. Everybody in the world didn't think a team could get it done. They got it done. So, good, right. good point. Good point. Coach, uh, we hope to have you back on again. Maybe we can get you next October before the fundraiser or after the season. But once we have you on once, we don't ever let you get away from us. You become part of the family. We just keep bringing you back and bringing you back. So, just get ready for us to call again. Anytime, and I certainly appreciate you guys having me on and what you guys are doing for, for the high school sports in, in Northeast Alabama. I, I think that's big, huge, and anytime you can, can advocate for the for the high school kids, I think it's a great thing, and I certainly appreciate you guys. You're absolutely right, Coach. It's, it's all about those kids, and we appreciate the coaches that take the time, the players, and, you know, it's a it's – a, you know, good kids grow up in gyms and football fields and baseball fields. Absolutely. How are you Coach, I appreciate you being on. Um, you know, like Randall said, you will be back. Whether you like it or not, you will be back. 
Uh, one last thing, do you have anything you want to plug, put over, anything like that? Any social media sites where they could go and follow you or the team and keep up with you? I mean, just the only really thing that we, we do, we have a Scottsboro High School basketball page on Facebook, if you'd like to follow that. Uh, we don't really have a Twitter account. Uh, I guess you got to get into some 20s and 30-year-old coaches to get all that stuff. We're kind of old school, and I guess we're lucky just to have a Facebook page. A very active Facebook page, though. I read, I did my research on that Facebook page today. Great page. Well, we try to keep it up to date. We got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we got Coach Tavares Tolliver recently got engaged, and we certainly posted that out there so that everybody could congratulate he and uh, his fiance Jade. And we wish them nothing but the best, of course. Absolutely, and Coach, again, we thank you for the time. We'll be watching it, uh, and and we'd love to get you back here at the end of the year and. Uh, uh, once you make another run to, down to down to Birmingham, we might even jump in a little car and drive down there and watch a few games. Well, I'll hold you to that. If, if we're fortunate enough to do that again, that, that's, that sounds awesome. And I look forward to, to talking to you guys again. All right, Coach. Thank you for your time. Yes, sir. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Bye-bye. Right. Allie, another, another – I dropped my phone broke in the middle. My phone broke in the middle of uh, this interview. But Coach was absolutely a trooper, kept it going, and and I'm going to go now charge my phone, Howie. Good deal, man. Uh, I got to go and I got to go figure out what's on my truck, and, uh, you know, I want to wish everybody out there a Merry Christmas and uh, not a Happy New Year yet because we'll, we'll be back next week. Just don't know with who, but we'll be back next week. Yeah, and, uh, and Howie, I know we've got some up we won't announce, but I'm, we've got a couple of special guests coming up. Uh, also, I want to make sure we realize that if you're a coach and run across this and you'd like to come on, talk about your program, please contact us. All the people that enjoy this, give us a like and follow. That's how you make it possible. These coaches, being a high school coach in any sport is a thankless job, and we don't appreciate them enough, Howie. So like, follow, share. If you want us to come see your program, we'll be happy to do it. For Howie Cheney, how you got any final words? You know, like you said, some of the coaches, if anybody wants to, you know, come on and be with us, just let us know. Uh, we haven't went out and got all these coaches. Some of these coaches just came to us. So it's not, you know, it's a two-way street. So just let us know. And uh, so, you know, contact me, contact Randall, whoever, and we'll get you on here, promote your stuff. And uh, that's it. We, we get the better part of it. We've got all these great relationships. So, for Randall Cunningham, for Allie Cheney, we'll be back next week. And right now, we're off the record.